What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. It is a great day to be here in the studio talking to you in your earbuds, in your car, however you are listening on the Forte Catholic Podcast, on Red Sea Radio, on St. Michael Radio, oh, way up there, up north for us in Oklahoma. We have a special show for you today, and I'm just going to be honest, it has been quite a way to get here. I have been in the studio for three hours now. All I have recorded is the second segment with our special guest, Tony Vicenda. This is because... Here, this, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Suddenlink's internet and TV here locally has been down all day. My wife and I, uh, our kids are gone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They are hanging out with my parents and my sisters for, uh, for spring break. It has just been a phenomenal week for us to just kind of hang out, relax, and rest. You know, just... Uh, Watch some TV. Well, we tried to watch some TV today. We're trying to catch up on The Flash. We have watched more of The Flash this in the last like 72 hours than we have watched television together for the entire year because, you know, our kids are just, you know, like this all the time and we can never, ever hear them. Um, this is uh, what we sound like sometimes at our house as well. That's what we sound like when the kids are around. But uh, now... That we're all alone, it's nice to just spend some time together. Well, Suddenlink ruined all that. <laughs> the internet did not work at all today. We couldn't watch TV, so we just kind of sat around. It's like, you know, you know you're a millennial in the 21st century where you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to do now. I guess we could like watch a Blu-ray or DVD. Like, do those even exist anymore? I thought we just streamed everything. But instead, uh, we just uh kind of hung out. Then I came up to the studio this afternoon. And uh, when the internet is down, it's really hard to do Skype interviews. Also, I found out today that our phone service, our voice over IP, which means that our phone service here in the studio is also over the internet. So I had to spend like an hour uh, trying to get that reset. And then we did the interview and there were still some problems with the audio. So I had to edit it. And oh, it was just this whole mess. And you know what? Nothing else says Lent. <laughs> like being in a radio studio for third uh, for three hours and recording about 16 minutes of audio. Oh my goodness. But here's the deal. All that being said, I am so, so excited for today's show. Uh, first of all, I already mentioned we have Tony Vicinda, the Tony Vicinda from Project YM on the show. Uh, he's going to be talking about his Threshold podcast, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's also, uh, we're also going to talk about like the difference between bomb and bomb. You're like, what are you even talking about, Ted? Balm, B-A-L-M, and bomb, B-O-M-B. Um, he makes one of those. Stay tuned for the uh, second segment to figure out which one. In the final segment, I'm going to talk about how this week has shown me how out of shape I am and how my chubbiness can help you spiritually. But first... We have a major announcement. All of my friends who watch How I Met Your Mother just saluted me. We have a major announcement. Last year, we did this really cool thing called the Ministry Madness Bracket in the month of March. 
as you all know, uh, March Madness is kind of a big deal. It's that time where we all remember that college basketball exists. Uh, 68 teams get to participate and try to win the title. It's fun. We all just sit around our TVs for a couple of weeks. You know, if they're working at the cable company, you know, lets you have the cable you're paying for, that sort of thing. We all watch basketball. And it's a lot of fun. But it doesn't last very long. So I want to extend the fun of March Madness and let the Catholics have a little bit of fun, too. It's this thing called the Ministry Madness Bracket. So what it is, is answering a question you might not have ever asked yourself before. Uh, Have you ever been sitting around in your house or in mass or, you know, on the toilet or wherever you think? In the shower, I have a bunch of great thoughts in the shower. Have you ever been sitting around and been like, you know what? Who would win in a boxing championship among Catholic ministry leaders? Uh, You've probably never had that thought, but these are the things that I think about during mass. These are the things that I think about driving in my car. This is just like the random stuff that I think about. So I wanted to get an answer last year. So I set up this bracket. Ministry Madness, pitting 64 Catholic ministry leaders in a contest where you, the listeners, you, the voters, decide who will win this boxing tournament. So last year we had a load of fun. Uh, We had contestants uh, ranging from Father Mike Schmidt, Ike and Dolo, Uh, among others. And uh, Father Mike Schmidt was our winner. So here was our top 10 from last year. Father Mike, Ike Ndolo, Alex Gote, Allison Sullivan, Justin Fatika, Matt Frad, Oscar 210 Rivera, Jackie Francois Angel, Righteous B, and Sister Miriam James. Those were the top most voted people by you guys for who would win in a boxing match. So just like the March Madness bracket, there are four brackets. And uh, are four, you know, like four uh, what do they call them? Segments, right? Divisions, regions, whatever they call them in March Madness. We have four different groups as well. The top left division this year. Well, let's take a step back. This year, we brought it back. We had so much fun last year that we brought it back. And we have a whole new cast of of contestants 64 completely new contestants from last year um and the the most important thing about this bracket is that it is not a popularity contest so you can go you can go vote you can do so by going to fortecatholic.com f-o-r-t-e catholic.com in the drop down there's ministry madness you can scroll right down the first page as well or you can follow me on social media there's a fun conversation about this on social media right now at taylor schroll s-c-h-r-o-l-l on instagram on twitter uh, search forte catholic on facebook it's everywhere right we are having so much fun with this so the top left division is youth ministries youth ministry leaders from across the, the united states the bottom left division is uh, speakers and media. The top right is musicians and authors. And the bottom right division, uh, this will how, how it will be every year, the women in ministry. Because no matter what happens, a woman will get in the top four, which is hilarious when you think about like, you know, like fist fighting. Sometimes it may be a little bit more difficult for somebody, you know, like Katie Hartfield, who is a member of this year's bracket, to go against, you know, like Jared Zimmerer, who is a bodybuilder. Like, I, I get that. I understand. But I didn't want to lock the ladies out. So we are having a lot of fun. And uh, they're currently, voting has started. 
there are currently some ladies doing very well. I can't give away who yet because over the next few weeks, voting is going to be open all of March on the first Forte Catholic radio show and podcast of next month. What's after? April? Yeah, that's right. On April 3rd, that day, voting will close and we will all find out who the winners are on that day. But on social media, on the podcast, on the show, we're going to check in every couple of days and uh, see how people are doing. We're going to highlight some of the close matchups. But uh, head on over to vote. It is so much fun. ForteCatholic.com. So we're going to kind of dive in here in this first segment into, some, into the reasons why we do this and uh, some, of the, some of the people that are contestants this year. So the biggest reason we do this is, first of all, uh, say it along with me. What is the theme of this show? What is our, ca- our catchphrase? Hashtag make Catholicism fun again. This is one of the biggest ways that we can make Catholicism fun again. We take people who, you know, so, like we take people from across different ministries, from a, adults to youth to authors to musicians to whatever, and we say, what would it look like? If they all hit each other, you know, like this will absolutely never happen, but it's fun to pretend, right? <coughs> so that's the first thing is to, is to just make Catholicism fun again. The other big reason we do this is it's cool to, to have people connect, right? A lot of times people in different segments of ministry don't get to talk or don't get to, to come together. And already on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, we, you know, I, t- I went and tagged everybody that's a, that's a contestant. And there's already some hilarious conversations going on from people who are contestants like uh, our friends over at the Salt and Light podcast, Andy and Chuck Fulkerson, are two of our contestants. And they just shared with everyone a video of Chuck training with his two kids. And they're like boxing each other, you know, like, and the kids are beating them up. It's hilarious. Uh, we've got uh, our, our, uh, a couple of people who are sharing it on Facebook as well. We've got the Frank Fryer sharing uh, Michael Scott memes, uh, uh, like Patrick Coffin, uh, multiple people. It's so funny in the Catholic world, these Catholic ministry leaders trying to cheat. Somebody's like, can I bring a gun? No, Patrick Coffin, you cannot bring a gun. It is strict boxing rules. Um, Bear Wozniak wanted to bring a weapon. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Strict boxing rules. Uh, so <laughs> he was, he was asking me, he's like, okay, can I, uh, point at somebody and say, Hey, look over there and then hit him. I'm like, that's perfectly legal in a boxing ring. Um, bringing a weapon, not legal. Uh, apparently because of Mike Tyson biting someone's ear may or may not be legal. I'll let you guys decide on that one. So, uh, what's the point of doing this? It's, it's to have fun. It's to bring people together. And it's to get you guys involved with the show. The other big thing to keep in mind here is because it's not a popularity contest, I have, I have, uh, I've talked to the big guy upstairs, you know, that God guy that we, that we all uh, know and love. He has told me, he has promised me that if any of you vote on anything but who would win in a boxing match, you will spend extra time in purgatory. Uh, this, don't be mad at me. This is the Lord who has said this. So, okay, let's get right into it. We have uh, some good matchups. In the top left bracket, let's dive right into this. 
We've got uh, Bear Wozniak, who has been a guest on the show, uh, versus J- Father Jim Churn, everybody's uh, America's favorite college campus minister. They are going up against each other. The next one we have, uh, uh, one of the fun- let's just do a couple of them, right? Uh, we've got some fun ones. We've got uh, a couple of guys going up against each other that uh, may or may not actually want to fight. We've got Adam Minahan and David Niles who are the co-hosts of the Catholic Man Show. We've got them going up against each other. Last year, around this time, I'd already made the bracket, and then I started getting to know these guys. I had them on the air, and I asked them, like, who would win in a fight? And we discussed it for a good five to ten minutes or so. Now, we actually get to decide. You get to decide on who would actually win. Who else do we have going on in these brackets? We've got uh, another uh, podcast, guys, in the, in the uh, bottom left bracket. We've got Ethan and Patrick from everyone's favorite uh, college Catholic podcast called The Crunch. They are going up against each other. And I have to tell you, one of them is currently winning in a landslide. I won't let you know who, but stay tuned and we might get to it at some point. We've got uh, Red Sea's own Father Ryan Higdon going up against Luke, last name redacted. From the Catching Foxes podcast. If you've ever listened to Catching Foxes, you get that joke. If you don't get it, I'm not at liberty to speak anymore. So go listen to Catching Foxes. Uh, let's see. Kurt Tomasevich, who we had on the uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago, who is an, a multiple-time Olympic medalist, is one of, our, uh, one of our top seeds, and he's doing fairly well right now. We've got another, uh, sib- or we've got a sibling matchup here. We've got a couple of guys, you know, like we mentioned, that are podcast hosts and are friends. I-, I like to pit those guys against each other just right at the beginning. It makes it a lot of fun. We've got the D'Ambrosio brothers from the Catholic Creatives Group, uh, Anthony and Marcellino going up against each other. That's currently a, uh, a pretty good vote. Here's the deal. I-, I released this this past Sunday, Sunday night at like midnight. Uh... I'm trying to find it here. We have, last year, we had, how many total votes did we have, Taylor? Taylor, that's a great question. Last year, we had just under 5,000 votes, and it ran for about two and a half weeks. This released on Sunday, and with the help of many of you sharing, retweeting, whatever, getting involved with this on social media, we are actually almost at that number currently. So thank you guys, and keep voting. So we have over 4,000 votes already, just here in our first couple of days. And uh, let's look at let, let's let's uh, let's focus on the ladies here for a second. We've got uh, oh, we have a couple of married couples, right? So I mentioned Chuck and Annie Fulkerson. They're not fighting each other. I mean, unless they get up, to, if they if they make it that far, uh, I don't want to you know get involved with you know husbands and wives fighting. But we have uh, some podcast hosts who aren't fighting each other because Father Ryan is a man and Alyssa Trutter, his co-host on their podcast here at Red Sea, Everyday Catholics. Uh, Alyssa is one of our contestants as well. Uh, Lisa Hendy, uh, one of uh, the Twitter queens as well, along with Teresa Williams. Uh, Leading women over on Twitter are in the uh, women's bracket as well. Uh, Let's see who else we got. Uh, We have a couple of upsets happening. A couple of upsets. I'm, I'm actually very impressed with Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic drinky. People are believing in her. She's doing very well. Uh, one thing, Stephen Bosco beats Aguino as one of the contestants. 
uh, I don't think his picture does him justice. He's like 6'9". I always say he's like 7'4". He's not quite that tall. But uh, the picture doesn't make him look that tall, so maybe that'll help. We got doctors going against, up against each other. Dr. Michael Barber, do- Dr. Edward Shree. That's a close matchup. Here's the, there's one matchup. Last year, you guys did great. You really did in following the rules. Because the biggest thing is this not, it's not a popularity contest. It's not as fun if this is a popularity contest. It's strictly who would win in boxing. There is one and only one matchup that I'm worried about currently. And 42 of you have voted for a man that, because of your vote, and I know you're just doing it to be silly, uh, you're going to go to extra purgatory time. Because right now, this, ba- this man named Bob Lefneski, sorry, also known as the rapper Righteous B, this dude... He is a man's man. He says in his own bio that he loves tattoos. He's got tattoos all over him. He is a man. I met him. I did a, a conference with him when I was in college. This dude could take just about everybody in this thing. He's going up against, we've got a Steubenville matchup. He's going up against Dr. Scott Hahn. Dr. Scott, we all, we all, we all love Dr. Scott Hahn. Amazing man, amazing author, amazing teacher. Like probably the leading Catholic in the nation. But he's a little older, right? Bob's in his, probably in his 30s. Dr. Scott Hahn's like 60s, 70s, I don't know. Guys, they're currently tied. This can't happen. This can't happen. I don't want you to spend extra time in purgatory. Don't go to extra purgatory because you cheated. Every other one of these, like, it's pretty much going how I thought because I seated him on, on kind of what I thought who would win. And it's going fairly well. There's only a couple of upsets. That's the only one that I'm mad at you people for. <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, Daniel Daniel Glaze and Anna Glaze are two contestants as well, a married couple who are that Catholic couple. They are both contestants. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's about all we're going to get into today. Uh, go check it out. I, we only got into about maybe a third of them. There are so many great people uh, from the Catholic world who are involved in this bracket. Go vote. Share it with your friends. Uh, I should have gotten, you know, maybe next year we'll make some like I voted stickers and I'll, <laughs> you could let me know when you voted and I'll send you an I voted sticker. Uh, so, yeah, share it. Hashtag Ministry Madness. Uh, share it with your friends. Like have some fun together. And uh, we'll talk about it over the next couple of weeks as well. Guys, we are going to be right back with our good friend, Tony Vicinda, to talk about the Threshold Podcast. He's having some amazing conversations with people about their faith, about his faith, truly opening up uh, for the Holy Spirit to work in some really interesting and positive ways. We'll be right back. Podcast listeners, it's nice to be here with you. You're not here, actually. I'm just here. Okay, here's the deal. Last week at this time of the podcast, I told you that you were lazy, and I don't apologize. Here's the deal. It takes me hours to make the show. It takes you less than 60 seconds to leave a rating on iTunes. I told you this last week, wasted a lot of your time, but not really, and only one of you did. So a big thank you to DJ Alker. I know who you are. It says, Catholic speaker and radio host. Taylor is both. That kind of review takes less than 30 seconds. If you want to write a little bit more, it might take you, I don't know, 45 
to 60. So go to iTunes, open your podcast app, hit the search button, type in Forte Catholic, click on the show, show, scroll down, hit write a review, write a review, hit submit, and you're done. You're the best. I'm going to keep being annoying at this point of the podcast until I get, let's say, 25 ratings. Okay, deal. Bye. Enjoy the second segment. Welcome back to the Forte Catholic Podcast. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. Man, I have been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. Joining me on the other line is a man known primarily for his ministry, but secondarily for his glorious beard, Tony Vicinda. How are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, Taylor, I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Dude. Uh, honestly, you you witnessed a lot of my frustration. We have had no internet and no phones throughout the entire day. So we were supposed to have this interview about 40 minutes ago. But hey, I finally get to talk to you. That's what it's all about. Excited <laughs> to have you here. Uh, Tony, why don't the you... The devil can't hold us down. Dude, they, yeah, isn't everything spiritual warfare? That's what everybody on Catholic Radio says, right? It's all spiritual warfare. That's it's right, like, no. Right. Tony, you and I have met uh, quite a few times at youth ministry events. Uh, one time you took me to like this uh, three, three stories underground bar that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, and you're just a man that loves uh, making connections, connected people within the Catholic world. Uh, you came on the show about a year ago because you were a contestant in the first ever Ministry Madness bracket. You did fairly well for yourself. You came on to kind of defend yourself. You're like, hey, I may look like this now, but I used to be amazing. And frankly, that's my <laughs> argument with everything as well. So you only got a few minutes last year. Why don't you introduce yourself to the good people? Yeah, so my name is Tony Vicinda. Uh, I am uh, first and foremost a, a husband and a father of four. I live up in Seattle, Washington with my family, but I'm from the great state of Texas. I grew up near yeah. Dallas, and um, I run a, a couple different ministries. Uh, the main one, Project YM, we just want youth ministers to know that they're loved and know that they matter. Um, as part of that, a few years ago, we uh, we started this thing that was kind of a surprise as far as how well it worked called Catholic Bomb Co., where we make um, beard balm, lip balm, lotion bars, and other balms um, that are all inspired by the history and tradition of the church, and all that money goes straight back into supporting ministry and missionary work here in the U.S. and then across the globe in Uganda, the Philippines, and other places as well. And then I run a podcast called The Threshold Podcast, which is my newest project. Um, also, two weeks ago, this partner, Michael, and I made a board game, uh, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, you guys are busy people, man. Y'all have projects out the wazoo. The main reason I want to have you on is because I love your new podcast, but you brought up the Catholic, uh, the Beard Balm Co., right? Here's the deal. Yeah. Um, you are a brave man because, you know the song, like, There's a Bomb in Gilead? I always thought that was a very hard yeah. song to sing in church. It's like, there's a bomb in the Middle East. Like, I don't know if he should really be singing that song during church. And you just said that you make bombs for the Catholic Church. And it's like, yeah. no, balm. Balm. Try going through TSA with a, with a bag full of balm. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it'll, it'll change your life. It'll be an explosive day. 
So, you're an awesome guy. Love your stuff. I just shaved off my beard. You were very mad at me. I'm actually surprised you're still talking to me because I, I didn't think you talked to people without beards, which is why you married a woman that has a beard. I'm just kidding. She doesn't have a beard. That was just a mean joke. So, the Threshold Podcast, uh, among all of your projects, this might be my favorite. And that's not, I love most of the stuff that you do, but this man, uh, this is what the church needs right now. Why don't you tell our people a little bit about the Threshold Podcast and why you started it? Yeah, sure. So one of one of the things I started doing just a few years ago in my parish and with people nearby, I was just sitting down and trying to break into real and significant conversations about what people believe, what shaped that belief, and why it matters. And some of that's drawn out of Sherry Waddell's work in forming intentional disciples. And a, a threshold conversation at its core is kind of just sitting down and asking somebody like, you know, what what's your faith? And, you know, if you have a relationship with God, can you tell me about that relationship with God? So at its core, I wanted to take that, but intentionally sit down and do an, basically an interfaith show where I talked with Catholics, with other Christians, with people who were from no religious backgrounds, whether that's atheist, agnostic, uh, Wiccans, whatever they might be, and just have a conversation of substance about what they believe, what shaped that belief, and why it matters in their daily life, um, and just kind of try to identify the good, true, and beautiful things that I would identify as moments that God kind of is trying to break into their life, and talk about the experiences they have that resonate with us, regardless of their background. Um, and we wanted to do it from a consistently Catholic hermeneutic, without it necessarily being something where we we shamed or made somebody feel bad if they believe something different, or having to point out, hey, here are here are all the things that are different about your faith and my faith. Instead of that, sitting down and saying, you know, where do we agree? Where do we come together? Where can I see these seeds of the gospel in your life, even if that's not what you would call them? So that was kind of the the idea in Genesis for the threshold. And then my good buddy Father Colin Parrish was getting ordained around that time, and we were talking about a different podcast when I told him I was going to go ahead and start this one while I was waiting on, on us to work out a couple of other things. He said, no, I want to do that one instead. Let's do that one together. So after I do the interview, he and I sit down for a few minutes and we just kind of talk about those things uh, that came up in the podcast that resonated with us or that stood out to us. More questions that we would ask if we could have sat down with that person for another hour or two and continued to talk. It's, I found it just fascinating. Not only like it's one of the bravest things that I think I've seen on like a, a Catholic podcast, like half of your guests, give or take, aren't Catholic, you know, or like former Catholics or they're like, I listened to one with a Mormon. I listened to one who is a former youth of yours that grew up Catholic and is now not practicing. And then you do have like leading Catholics. The two that I'm most interested in listening to your newest one was Sherry Waddell, which I think is just amazing, man. Like, because this threshold thing, like you said, kind of came from her, right? This idea and you are putting it into practice. So I can't wait to listen to that one. That just came out recently. And then I saw that Luke Carey uh, came on a, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so. That one's downloaded on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that one on the way home as well. So in having these conversations, what do you think the benefit for you personally has been? And I know that you've gotten feedback from people that are listening. What do you think the benefit of having these real, true, open conversations, what's the benefit of doing that? So I, I think one of the big things that we, we really address as Catholics is that we have this culture of silence 
we've built up within our communities. People don't know how to kind of just share and witness to the important aspects of what they believe. Uh, and a big part of that comes from somebody really not willing to be able to say, like, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, but this is what I think. And the reality is we all know as Catholics we're supposed to believe, but we oftentimes don't know if it's okay to just say, not that I don't even believe that, because maybe you do, but I'm not sure why I believe that or I'm not sure how that's impacted my life. Maybe the way that I think about that, the way that I'm supposed to think about that. And when you have that, people just start to get quiet and they start proclaiming the gospel, which is really our core identity as church. So that culture of silence starts to grow up when we are afraid of just having these conversations of substance internally and externally. So we lose our capacity to evangelize ourselves. We also lose our capacity to evangelize the world when we don't know how to sit across the table from somebody with a beer or a cup of coffee or at a meal. And hey, you know, like, what are these things that may define the way that you think or what you believe or how you perceive the world and do so in a non-congregational way with just sheer interest in the person across from us, just trying to receive them as they are. Um, and that's such a huge thing in actually trying to share and proclaim the gospel in a, in a direct way, but in a way that's also non-confrontational that actually creates interest in people and why this person asks these questions. Why is this person, you know, wanting me to share my story with them? Yeah, man, it's it truly has been, like, it's just, it feels so fresh and so new to me because like i mean the first one that i listened to when i first heard about the podcast was right at the beginning of this year and the person that you had on the podcast her name's claire and she was one of your former youth um, when you were her youth minister and like she was like completely like, well, well why don't you tell the story why don't you tell tell an overview of her story that she shared with you on the podcast yeah so claire uh, claire was somebody who i I met Claire when she was in ninth grade. She was a freshman in high school. Uh, and I could tell she was on a fast trajectory out of church. Like she was in confirmation so that she could get confirmed, so that she could stop going to church because she didn't want to be there. But she was just this really creative, outgoing, interesting kind of emo kid, um, you know, went to one of the local Catholic high schools, was in our parish. I, I met her on the confirmation retreat. I was just going to help out as the youth minister. I wasn't in charge of confirmation. I spent time praying with them, talking with them. And I made an invitation at the end of the week for Claire to enter into leadership. And she talks about a pretty profound experience had an adoration of being certain that she was open to Jesus. But what really kind of framed that was me at the beginning of the weekend saying, look, if you don't want to get confirmed, like, you know, then don't get confirmed. Like no adult had ever told her before point was okay to disagree. All of a sudden opened her up to the fact if if I have permission to disagree and if it's okay, then maybe I should go ahead and give this chance. Like maybe I should go ahead and think about it seriously now that I know I actually have a choice in the matter. And so that, plus uh, an experience with Christ um, in the Eucharist, which isn't even something that Claire necessarily would articulate now, really opened her up to being confirmed. And then we we spent the next three years together. She had this really intense experience of community, of the church being the primary place she was loved. And then when I moved on to um, to a different parish, some of that peer group kind of started to fall apart. Um, it was really hard for some of the youth in that community, and that kind of just led to some uh, a little bit of disaffiliation. Like, she still identified as Catholic, but then as she got into college, she just kind of drifted away. The reason I wanted to have Claire on was that a little while ago, we were able to catch up at a National Catholic Youth Conference. Not that she was there, because she doesn't practice anymore, but she lives in Indianapolis. So we went out for a meal. 
we she came back and hung out with um, my my co-minister Michael from Chick Fil A and I, and then the guys from Papa were there also. We were just chatting, having a good evening together, awesome. and she <laughs> came and was just just a part of that, right? Um, and I was listening to her story, and I realized like her process of drifting away is a hundred percent pretty much what we see statistically right now for Catholics her age. Um, it's a story that we we kind of identify with all these statistics that are thrown out through Pew Research Study, Care Research Studies, all these different ones, where we thought, look at the number of Catholics that are leaving the church, and none of them are really that upset about a moral issue that they have disagreements or anything else. They've just kind of drifted away, and that was Claire's experience, and I didn't want that to just be a statistic. I wanted it to be a story, and so I really wanted to invite Claire to come on and to just kind of share what her experience had been like from going to being you know, like a, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, young Catholic to a, a on fire leader and Harish um, to drifting into what she would define as, as apathy. Um, and then what, what is kind of hope within that and what's, what's kind of some of the challenges and struggles within that. And, you know, one of the things that she said that really stood out at me, there were two, one is that, you know, we can always be better. Like she's still always seeking ways that she can grow and be a better person. And for me, there's a hope that that'll lead her back to faith. The other one was really just that right now, if she was going to be in a relationship with God, um, that she would just be angry because she's got a lot that she feels like she needs to be angry about. Right. And that's not the relationship she wants to have with God. And it's hard because a part of me wants to shake her and just be like, be angry with him. Like he loves you <laughs> enough for that. Like, you know, like, like it's okay. Um, and then, but on the show, I, I listen and I receive and I hear. Yeah, man, it's, it really is uh, good. People have to go listen to it. We're talking with Tony Vicinda from the Threshold podcast. The biggest thing that I got, I picked the perfect first episode for me to listen to, the one with Claire, because I can definitely definitely see apathy in myself and i would have never like gotten that insight if it was just quote unquote another catholic or another person in catholic ministry sharing that story it's like man like i can totally see how she was drifting away and how i could do the exact same thing if i don't do mm -hmm. this this and this you know so like i think it's just so interesting. we don't hear these conversations very often we got a couple more minutes what has been the biggest thing for you personally what was the conversation what was the moment that was most impactful for you personally in recording these podcasts yeah so i always tell people like what i'm living for is the last four minutes of the podcast and that is so there i do with the whole interview and I do opportunity to ask a question of me, and some of them do. And then the other thing I do is for prayer. Just like, would you be comfortable with me praying for you right now? We we have got about a 50 50 of Catholics and other Christians than people who have completely different spiritual backgrounds. So, you know, I don't ever know how that's going to come out. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to come, to, you know, be perceived them or received by them. Um, but so far, 100% of the people who have been on the show have all said yes. People who are atheists, agnostic, Wiccans have been open to having me pray with them and for them. And I don't know that there's a more significant thing I've done in my life than to take time to pray with uh, people like Brad or Tim or, you know, Claire or um, Eli or these, these other people who maybe have never had an experience of someone praying for them. And the response after I pray for them is typically this profound moment of thanks and of peace. Um, and sometimes it's just like, all right, cool, whatever, like, I'm not into that, you know, like, but they're still open to it. And then you see kind of this moment afterwards of like, oh, man, those things you just really said were really meaningful or really nice, because a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm trying to pray with them based on the conversation we've had, based on the things they've been offering up, those queers that they, they really are trying to put out there, the things that they're really struggling with, the things that they 
are obviously expressing that they they're deeply desiring in their heart. I try to respond to those things in my prayer because I know that those are the places where God wants to meet them, um, and those are going to be the places they're most disposed to that. So for me, that last four minutes of the episode, um, and it's every episode, are always are always the the best uh, ones. I also am still kind of waiting for somebody to say no. Like, and I think <laughs> well, 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 okay. <laughs> what that first one does. Well, we're, we're done here. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, cool. So. Speaking of being done here, we're just about done here. So uh, wh- where can people find the podcast? People have to listen. It's, it's one of the greatest things that I've seen on the importance of people of faith listening, the importance of pre-evangelization. Uh, where can they find it? Yeah, so the easiest way is just to go to thresholdpodcast.fm. The other thing you can do is just any any pod-catching device, uh, iTunes or, or any other sort of thing on your phone, if you search Threshold Podcast. It's not the one about Buffalo, and it's not the one about Wicked Magic in your everyday life. It's the one that basically looks like a Vatican flag. <laughs> Buffalo. Jeez Louise. All right, man. Uh, guys, go check out the podcast. Go look up for uh, Catholic Beard Balm, not bombs, and Project YM. Tony, thank you so much for coming to spend your time with us here this evening. You are the man. Hi, right, brother. Take it easy. God bless. You too, bro. All right, guys. We'll be right back for our final segment of the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. It has been a good show today. Thank you for sticking with me. Talked about the ministry madness bracket that you can vote in on your favorite Catholic ministry leaders on who would win in a boxing tournament. Head on over to ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com, and find Ministry Madness on the homepage there and go vote on who you think would win. Then we were joined by good old guy, Tony Vicinda, the man with the glorious beard, to talk about the Threshold Podcast. And now, as promised, I'm going to talk to you about how me being chubby can help you spiritually. Uh, So I used to be good at stuff. So I used to be uh, quite the athlete in high school, ran track in college, and then I quit track while I was in college. Immediately gained about 15 pounds. So, you know, most people gain the freshman 15 their freshman year. I actually, because of how hard I was working, how much I was running, I lost 15 pounds my freshman year. The next year, I gained all of that back, plus about 20 pounds. And and uh, I pretty much maintained that, actually. So about 20, 25 pounds overweight. And there have been multiple spurts where I'm like, you know what? I need to get back in shape. And then I remember, you know what? The shape that I was in, it took me about three hours of running a day to do that. So let's meet somewhere in the happy middle, which is actually what I call my chubby belly, the happy middle. So I was like, okay, what can we actually do about this? And I've had these times where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start lifting weights again. And then I was like, that's just picking things up and putting them down. That's not fun. I'm going to start running again. It's like, well, I'm just running in circles. Like, okay, let's try basketball. So that's been like kind of my staple. I love playing basketball. I play for about two and a half hours every Monday night. When I'm playing consistently, I do lose some weight. And it's very exciting. And it's a lot of fun because I just love the game. Uh, So uh, we're going to talk about being chubby 
what that has to do with your spiritual life and what that has to do with where we are in Lent today. So where are we in Lent? It is crazy. We just celebrated Laetare Sunday. Uh, that's a weird word for priests wear pink, okay? So I was in Mass on Sunday, and uh, I won't say where it was, but there's about a you know, priest in his 70s in the middle of his homily said verbatim. I know it was verbatim because I took my phone out and I wrote it down right then. I, he's, he's standing up at the podium saying, I bought this rose-colored vestment this year because so many of you told me that last year's vestment was so pink that, so pink that you thought I got it at Victoria's Secret. I haven't heard that church laugh more ever in my life. We absolutely loved that joke. So what Latari Sunday means for us is that, geez, Louise, guys, Lent is almost over. How did we get here? Not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday is Palm Sunday. It's Holy Week already. And not only am I feeling chubby physically, I feel chubby spiritually. Like it hasn't been the greatest Lent for me, but I'm trying. So you and I are creatures of physical we are spiritual, we're emotional, they all tie together. So if we work on one, well, I mean, without, comp- like, obviously you can overdo it and, like, only focus on your spiritual life or only focus on your physical life. That's not good either. We need the balance. But typically, if we work on one, the others tend to get better. I know this is t- definitely true in my life. When I start taking care of myself physically, there's that extra discipline, there's that remembering that my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, not a cathedral of the Holy Spirit, I need to get back down to temple size, uh, but I, I start feeling better, I start praying more. Same, uh, it can go vice versa as well. I can get cl- closer to God, have a better prayer life, and then emotionally I start getting better. You know, like All these things tie together, right? So, I have been working out a little bit more recently. I've been playing basketball every Monday night for the past few weeks after taking a couple months off. I am currently extremely sore because today at track practice, I'm the high school boys track coach at St. Joseph's here, our local Catholic school. Uh, We had one of our throwers come and uh, I have an assistant coach. He was out with the runners and I went to lift weights with the thrower and uh, I did squats today for the first time in about a year because the last time I did them was last year's track season. So I did some squats did some uh, power cleans, did some bench press. Yesterday, I did one set of bench press, and I was sore. <laughs> That's how out of shape I am. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing that, lifting, running with the track team. That's been fun. been playing basketball, like I said, on Mondays. Uh, this past Monday, I almost passed out. I was playing basketball, started seeing spots. I was like, I'm going to black out. Like, hey, buddy, you want to come play for me? Because I'm literally about to black out. So I went and sat down for a while. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and leave now. That's just a sign of Taylor being out of shape. I feel like an old man, crazy sore from the hour that I played yesterday. Already, like, you're not supposed to be sore the day that you work out. I worked out with with these kids, I don't know, five hours ago, and I'm already sore. I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. So I'm a... not training for ministry madness this year, so why am I why am I caring? Why does it matter for me to get back into shape? Well, obviously, I know it's good for me. That's the biggest thing. I know it's good for me physically. It's good for me to be healthy for my own for my own sake, but also for you know to be around for my wife, to be around for my kids, that sort of thing. 
So what's actually helping me do this? Number one, it's scheduled. It is scheduled. Monday night basketball is on my schedule. I don't schedule anything else around it. Unless I'm out of town, I'm there. No excuses for lack of time or desire. It is there. Also with track practice, it is scheduled. Other people are going to show up on Mondays during uh, all throughout the week during track practice. People are going to show up. People will notice if I'm not there, especially the track team, because they'll be like, uh, what do we do? Yeah, we're just going to leave now. <laughs> like that, They would actually probably love that, but whatever. <clears throat> that kind of leads into the second reason of what's helping me actually do it. It's with other people. My whole life growing up, I always played organized sports. I would go from football in the, in the fall to basketball in the winter, track or baseball in the spring, and then go back to playing basketball throughout the summer. I was always working out with other people, whether it was shooting hoops or actually on the football field or running or lifting weights. I was always with other people. So it has been hard for me since I, I quit the track team in college to go work out by myself. Because like even in the best shape of my life, when I was extremely dedicated to the sport, I was always working out with other people. Uh, so there's, there's obviously... It's scheduled. There's accountability because other people are going to go there. They're going to meet meet you there. Uh, and also, it makes it more fun. Like, running, I mean, uh, there, there are people like Dean, Dean Willett who listens to the show. Like, he loves running, like, I don't know, like 5Ks and miles and, and all this crazy stuff. Father Ryan Higdon here at, uh, at Red Sea on Everyday Catholics loves running marathons. I'm just like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. You're just like jogging for long periods of time. There's like nothing to do with it. Like I love playing basketball because there's things to do while I'm running, right? But if I go jogging with a group of people, it's more fun. They can talk to me. I just can't talk back because I you know, am completely out of breath. I've actually had a couple of uh, a jogs here with some of my friends here locally where it's like, yeah, we're jogging. And I'm just like, uh-huh. And they're like, Oh yeah, hey, how are you doing? I was thinking I was going about to do all this stuff, and you should do this. I'm like, uh huh, <laughs> just over and over again. Uh, number three thing that's helping me out is the desire to get better, and knowing that it's good for me, right? Like I do desire to lose some weight. I'll look better. I'll feel better, and I'll you know be better at the athletic things. Like I'll be better at basketball if I lose some weight. I'll be better at running with these kids at track. If I, if I lose some weight, right? And then number four might be a surprising one for you. Simply pride. Like the healthy pride. Like I take pride in that, the things that I'm good at, right? The things that God has gifted me in, he did gift me with a, with a great gift of being athletic. And if I squander that, it makes me feel sad, Right? But if I take pride in it, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is what I, this is something I love to do, and it's something that I'm good at. That will lead me to wanting to continue to grow, continue to uh, to lose weight, continue to get better. Because honestly, when I'm out here with these with these young cats in, at at the high in the high school track team, you know, I was lifting weights with with a kid today, and back in the day, I would have lifted much more than him. But now we were doing like sets of eight and he would do his eight and then I would do like my six and then do my five and then do my four because I just couldn't do it anymore, right? 
and this there's this healthy pride in me that's like you know what i'm better than this it doesn't have to be like the unhealthy pride is like i'm better than him and he shouldn't be winning right but it's knowing who i am and the truth of like look i'm better than this and i need to rise up to that so i told you that my chubbiness and trying to not be chubby would be helpful for your spiritual life and i didn't lie because that wouldn't be helpful for my spiritual life. So what is it for you in your faith that you know is good for you and you can't bring yourself to do it? Is it your daily prayer? Is it confession? The season of Lent, it's highly encouraged for you to take some time in the confessional. So let's, let's walk through this list of me trying to not be chubby for you Let's, let's say it's confession for you, right? One thing that helps is for me is that it's scheduled. If you schedule going to confession, whether it's like actually scheduling a time with a priest or finding a time at your parish, like the regular times, like on you know Saturdays before mass or Tuesdays and Thursdays before daily mass, like find out the times. If you don't know them, put it on your calendar and you'll go. It's the only way it'll get done. We joke about all, all the time where if there's something isn't on my calendar, I'm not there. It has gotten me in trouble multiple times. But if I, if, you know, hey, meet me over here at six. If it's not on my calendar, Taylor's going to be at home. Sorry about that. I'm sure some of you may not, to, maybe not to the extent of, uh, of, of what I do, but I'm sure it's similar for many of you. When you schedule it, there's no excuses for lack of time or desire. The second one is that it's with people. We cannot do church alone. I've I, like it's one of the things that I've never understood. A lot of times when people have like arguments against the Catholic Church, like other Christians have arguments against the Catholic Church, it's like I don't agree with you, but I can like kind of see where that comes from, right? One of the arguments that like from non non Catholic Christians to, to that I've heard to me before, it's like. Oh, you don't need church. You can just sit at your home and your house and pray. I said, "Jesus, Louise, are you are you serious? Like, not even theologically, just practically. There's there's no way that I can hold myself accountable. If I was the only person holding myself accountable for my prayer life, I would never pray. Maybe that's not fair. I'd pray twice a week. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, because I have a community at my church." Because I have the com- a community where I work, where we pray together, where we challenge each other, where I have a conversation every couple of weeks. Hey, how's your prayer life doing? And at that moment, it's like, well, good or not so good. And knowing that I have those appointments helps me in my prayer life. Same way with confession, right? If you haven't been in a while, go with someone else. There's, there's, I know, I know here locally, there are Latin penance services all over our deanery, all over the area, all over our city, where the whole parishes are getting together and they're bringing all the priests of the area. I know this because I work for many of these priests and they're all exhausted because they're going to hear your sins all the time. Like, schedule it, go, go with somebody because like even if you schedule on your calendar, the added part of saying you're going to meet somebody there or going to dinner and then going to confession or vice versa, you will much less likely cancel if you have somebody else going with you. And 
It may, like I said with the working out, it says it makes it fun. Well, confession might not be fun beforehand, but when you come out and you're like, yeah, I could go to heaven now, that's fun. That's true joy. Number three, the desire to get better and knowing that it's good for you. So for confession, do you desire to be holy? Do you desire to follow Christ? Do you desire to be what God's called you to be? If that answer is yes, then you know that confession is good for you. But a lot of times that's like that's not enough. Like knowing that my like personal prayer daily is good for me often isn't enough. Things get in the way. That's why all of these things to get these things have to work together. The scheduling, uh, doing it with other people, the desire to get better. And then finally, I think the one that'll probably tie it together is this healthy pride. Who actually are you? Because that's, that's what good pride is. Like for yourself personally, knowing who you are and living that out. Take pride in your faith. Take pride in your Catholicism. Take pride in God. Put, putting him first. Taking pride in your love of God, in your prayer, in your going to confession, in your going to Mass, in your being attentive to Mass. Whatever your struggle is, run it through this list. How are you going to get better? How can God work through your decision for him to work in your heart to make you into the person that he has called and is calling you to be? Schedule it. Find other people to walk this life with. Have this desire to get better. Learn. That might take knowledge. Why is this good for me? Why is confession good for me? Look for the answers theologically if you need that. And take pride in it, man. So here's the deal. I kind of went off there, but I'm kind of preaching it myself. Because honestly, for me, it's like the personal daily prayer time. When it doesn't happen, it's because it's not scheduled. It's because I'm trying to do it all by myself. And personal prayer, obviously, personal prayer, you have to have some time. But the accountability, that's what's helping. Knowing that it's good for me hasn't been enough. I need these other things. I need it to be scheduled. I need it to be with other people. And I need to take pride in who God has called me to be. So there. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So another episode of Forte Catholic Podcast is in the books. Big thank you again to Tony Vicinda for coming on the show. Next week, we have Michelle Arnold Payne, a Catholic artist and painter. It is going to be lit. That's what the kids are saying. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. Uh, Sorry we didn't have enough time to get to Father Jared Cook. Maybe next week. Say it! Howdy, folks. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Remember, you can always find past episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever you listen to podcasts on, or you can find them all at fortecatholic.com. Thanks a lot, and we will see you next week.